Hello everyone and welcome to Celtic Preacher Podcast 117. Today we're looking at one of Jesus' teaching that has caused us a lot of confusion, I think is the word. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hurt you. Turn the other cheek. Yes, scripture, when scripture doesn't make sense, it's like when Jesus' teaching, or any part of scripture for that matter, doesn't make sense, it's always a sign that there is more here than meets the eye. In other words, it calls for us to dig deeper. Like, why would he say that? Am I misunderstanding you? Love your enemies. It sounds like people are just going to walk all over me. Am I misunderstanding you? Actually, yes, probably we are. Probably we are. When something doesn't make sense in the scripture, there's a strong possibility that we're not really understanding it well. Maybe we're taking it just too literally. Maybe we don't understand the context in which the the teaching was given. Maybe there's massive cultural differences since these passages were written thousands and thousands of years ago in a culture that's very unlike our own. So, yeah, it's it makes sense that, uh, you know, there's going to be times where you where you pick up your Bible or you listen uh, to a teaching on a, a text and you think, that makes no sense to me. So it always calls to uh, dig deeper. So today we're looking at a passage in Luke 6, which is love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Not uh, a favorite verse of anybody's, I don't think. Uh, it seems a bit impractical. It seems dangerous if you have an enemy. Or never mind if you have an enemy. How can you possibly love someone you don't even like? What if you have someone in your family that's very irritating or who really doesn't understand you at all? What if you have someone in your life that is just a massive disappointment to you? Or someone who makes you really angry? Or someone who thinks about things very differently than you do. You know, how do you love someone like that? I'm going to be looking at these sorts of things today. It's, uh, it's a strange thing, kind of a... It's <laughs> hard, but you know, you've probably found this. We seem to learn more about ourselves having one or two difficult people in our life than having 50 nice ones. And, and I think the reason is, is because when we have a problem person, when we have someone that seems unreasonable, it causes us to look inward. And when we start to look inward, when we start to think about things and reflect and pray, we have a chance of changing. We have a chance of actually growing Uh, deeper, certainly in our spiritual life and also in our emotional lives. So loving your enemies. Now, 
in fairness to the text, Jesus, when he first gave this teaching, was speaking to people who had real enemies. Because remember, in those days, uh, the ancient uh, Jewish people had been defeated and their land had been taken over by the ancient Romans. So when Jesus started to speak about enemies, they had someone in mind. Yeah, it was the soldiers who stood on the corners that would give them a slap every so often and tell them to do certain things and ask them to carry their packs and all sorts of things, right? So the original listeners to this teaching had proper enemies. So when Jesus uttered these words, love your enemies, that would have been offensive to them. That would have been confusing to the first listeners. They obviously must have hated the ancient Romans and their oppressive ways and their taxation and their rule and taking over their land. These people had real enemies. So the teaching, love your enemies, sounded as unrealistic to the first listeners as it does to us. How could you love someone who threatened you? How could you love someone who harmed you? Or how could you love someone who broke a promise or lied to you or criticized you or got you fired or demands too much or ridicules you? How can you love that one? Well, one of the most helpful things that I found was, and I, I talk about this a lot, is, is this whole idea of defining the word love because when we think of love, we often associate it with affectionate feeling. And in the scripture, it's got nothing at all to do with affectionate feeling. Actually, in the scripture, in the New Testament, they had seven different kinds of words for love. They had romantic love, they had friendship love, they had family love. Jesus speaks about agape love. And agape love is translated in our Bibles as love. It's actually agape. And it's really an act of goodwill in the idea that what is in your best interest here. Now, it's not saying my best interest isn't important. Your best interest is important. But it's also saying, okay, let me think about this problem. What is in my best interest and what is in your best interest? That's agape. That's agape. So you could think about the best interest of someone else without liking them at all, right? You don't have to approve of someone to think about their best interest or agree with someone or condone someone's behavior. So I think that's helpful. I mean, it really helped me to find out that all these passages, particularly in the New Testament, love one another as I have loved you, Jesus said. Uh, this is the commandment I give you, love one another. People will know that you're following me because you love, and hundreds more I exaggerate, but it's about agape. It's really, it's a verb. It's about what 
is the best thing for you and me in this situation. I'm, I'm putting the other's interest before myself and I'm figuring things out. So it just takes the pressure off. You don't have to like people. You don't have to be affectionate. You know, you don't have to feel affectionate things toward people in order to agape. So love your enemies. Now, our own first natural response to someone who hurts us in any way, it might be to get even. It might be to run as far away as possible. It might be to get some sort of revenge, give back as good as you get. You gossip about me? Well, I have a few stories of my own about you. Or you cheat me in business? Well, I'll cheat you too when I can. Or you ignore me? Well, let me just, I'll ignore you too. Now, all that is just mirroring behavior. We just mirror what someone else does. Jesus, with his teachings, has another way of living. It's not just being like everyone else. He says, here's another way. Now, he's given you a principle here. If someone strikes your cheek, give them the other cheek. Turn the other cheek. Now, this is a great example of a teaching that has been lost in translation because it doesn't really make any sense to us at all. But for the first listeners, they were most familiar with the backhanded slap. Because <laughs> that's what the ancient Romans did to them all the time, the backhanded slap. You know, literally, they would get slapped. You know, an ancient Jew would be slapped by an ancient Roman or an ancient master would slap an ancient slave. Uh, the first listeners thousands and thousands of years ago, some of the people in that first group would have had experienced this. And here Jesus comes along and says, turn the other cheek. It's like, what do you mean, Jesus? I mean, I've, I, I've, I've just to, I've just to sit, sit back and, and, and take it? No, he says, I said, turn the other cheek. The other cheek. In other words, he's saying, turn your face the other way. It would actually be, this would actually be seen as an act of resistance because it's certainly not passive. Usually what people do is one of two things, right? They usually, if, if, in the ancient times, if your superior slapped you, you would either get in line quickly and do what they said, or you would hit back and possibly be killed, probably be killed. Jesus is saying, no, no. Let me give you a whole other way of, you're just, you're caught in two ways of living. You're caught in either avoiding everything or hitting back. Let me give you another principle. Turn the other cheek. You never thought of that, did you? It's a third option. It, it, moves, it moves us out of binary choices. It's like Jesus is saying, listen, listen, I'm giving you another way here. It's God's way. I'm giving you another option. You've never considered this. You tend to think you have two choices. In the past, what did you do? 
Fight or flight, depending on your personality. What do you normally do? You normally attack or you avoid. You do what comes naturally to you. You think to yourself, well, here's the difficult person in my life. Here's the enemy. Here's the person I don't like. I can, I can either respond in one of two ways. I can either take them on or I can avoid them. Jesus would say no, no, no. That's binary thinking. That's binary thinking. Turn the other cheek. Nobody would have ever, ever thought of that. It's like don't become like the very one who is hurting you and don't run away and avoid either. How about a new thing? Now, again, he's giving you a principle here, right? This is a timeless principle. Uh, he doesn't work out the details of every single uh, conflict that we have in our lives. That's why it doesn't work well to, for people to get in some kind of trouble, not really know anything about the Bible at all, but be in some sort of trouble, open up a Bible that's been sitting on the shelf for 20 years, start to read it, in the hopes that it will find answers to their particular trouble and then get discouraged because they're halfway through Leviticus and they think, I don't even understand this. I don't know what it means. And people get disappointed. It's not giving answers. Well, it doesn't give answers in that way. The Bible's really, it's really a, a book of wisdom. And it gives, particularly Jesus, teaching principles, teachings that we have to apply to the particular people in our life that are difficult for us. So Jesus is saying, turn the other cheek. How about a third option here? How about a third option? Whatever you've tried in the past with the person or the people or the institution that bothers you, that hurts you, that is oppressive to you, have you noticed that you keep on doing the same thing over and over and over again? Yeah, sometimes we do that because we get used to avoiding. We get used to running away. We get used to not speaking about things or we get used to arguing and talking too much about things. <laughs> and attacking. We get used to what we naturally do. Jesus is saying, how about stepping back? How about turning the other cheek? How about thinking about an entirely new way of dealing with this conflict? Certainly, thinking about what is best for you in this situation, because we are taught to love ourselves, but also thinking about what is best for the other in this situation. That's agape. That's agape. Now, sometimes the best thing to do is also the hard thing to do. It's, it, it's often the more difficult path. Jesus called it the narrow way. And it's narrow because it goes against your usual way of doing things. 
If you run away from conflict, if you never speak about anything that's wrong, you're going to be, it, it will feel very threatening to change that in any way, right? So the challenge when we go with a third choice or a fourth choice or something new, the challenge is, is that we're going against what we normally do so often emotionally, it feels difficult. But I think that this is what Jesus is getting at here. He's saying, that, you know, the challenge is to think in new ways. It's not a case of either or. It's not how you normally do things. The sun sets you free, you shall be free indeed. You don't have to get caught up in doing things the way you've always done them or always thought about them. Yeah, the path of change, you know, or spiritual growth, emotional growth, it's, it's always difficult because we're going against what we would easily do. You know, if I'm very assertive, it's very easy, easy for me to give you my opinion or give my opinions to a committee meeting or give my opinions within the, f the family or uh, when I discuss things with my children. Uh, that's easy for me to do that, right? But that might be something that is tripping me up in some ways because sometimes that really isn't helpful. And so the most helpful thing for me would be to pull back and say nothing. Now, if I normally speak a lot, it's going to be really hard for me to say nothing. And the same goes for the other uh, types of people who really don't want to say anything. They really don't want to cause any trouble. They really don't want to rock the boat. Well, that might not necessarily be always helpful, right? And so turning the other cheek for you would be stepping up, saying something. Oh, but it might cause trouble. Oh, it might cause effect. Yeah, yeah. I know, it's hard. It's hard. If I'm not assertive, if I'm more inward, if I, if I tend by nature to hate conflict and I, I want to avoid at any cost, the path of emotional growth is, there's no way around it. You're going to have to learn how to, to speak about it. Yeah, going to have to learn how to you know, articulate what is, what is really bothering you. Jesus would say, well, if you want to learn how to love yourself and others, learning how to speak the truth in love is, well, it's a foundational teaching, it really is, if you want to grow. You have to be willing to say what needs to be said. You can't keep quiet. So many relationships are ruined by keeping quiet. Now, I know a lot of relationships are ruined by saying too much too. So again, wisdom is always being able to step back and know what is needed in the particular situation. This isn't, he doesn't give us laws. This is the great thing about Jesus. He doesn't give us rules. He gives us principles that we, we can work through because every person's different and everybody needs different things in every relationship, right? 
Wisdom's learning what we can't change and what we can change. And also agape. I mentioned is agape is what is best for the other without ignoring our own needs. There's so many people that love well, but they don't look after themselves. And so they end up resentful and tired and exhausted and, and they feel put upon because they're always giving, 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 giving. No, no, Jesus is saying, that's not what I'm talking about here. The call is to love ourselves also. So there's a balance there. It's not just about turning the other cheek isn't simply about, okay, I've got to be creative in my responses here, and there's probably another way of looking at this. It's, and, and I want to put your interests, you know, I, I want to take care and do what's best for you. That's all good and fine. However, we also need to have the balance. What is going to work for me too? What is going to work for me too? Not just about what is going to work for you and what is best for you, but what is going to work for me too? All that has to be taken into the equation as we think about how to navigate difficult people, difficult situations. And, you know, even if at this precise moment in time we really don't know another choice or the third choice or a fourth choice or a creative choice, even if we don't know what that is right at this moment in time, here's the wondrous thing. We have the Holy Spirit. And this is the cool thing about the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God, breath of God, is the energy of God in us that sort of, I thought, how could you say it, reveals new things to us. Yeah, you'll find that new things, new ideas, new approaches, new perspectives just sort of appear. They'll just appear out the blue. And it's like, wow, I never thought about that before. I never considered that. That is the Spirit of God giving you that other way that you were looking for when you were wondering how to deal with that person that is depleting you. Yeah, we have to trust our inner God-given instincts and move ahead. Because even if we don't know at this precise moment, you can be sure as you keep meditating and thinking and praying on the people or the person or the problem, God is going to reveal to you a way forward in some way. And it may well be something that you've never considered before, like turning the other cheek. There's the prayer. There's the heart cry. God, help me to be open to something entirely new. When I start thinking about this person or this problem or this institution or whatever it is that's causing me a lot of angst, help me to be open to your creative new way 
of approaching this. That's the prayer. It's the heart cry. Thank you for joining me. You have been listening to Celtic Preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode.